Welcome, everybody, to episode 141 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Uh, just Spence and Buzzy tonight, holding it down. Spangler is a slave to the uh, insides of animals, as we'll call it. Yeah, them. dedicated, dedicated. And I was uh, performing the, the role of the... Um, the the fallen angel on on this one shoulder, like an animal house, trying to to say, "Come on, why don't you just uh, just blow school off? Like pop your leather jacket on, light up a cigarette, and flip the bird to those guys and say, you know what? I've got to go talk to you know all of my friends on the internet that I can't see, but I know that they are present." Somehow, this wasn't a good enough sales pitch, wasn't a good enough uh, exhortation. So he decided to apply himself diligently to his studies, which, you know, if he ever works on one of your animals in the future, you'll probably be glad that uh, they're such a, such a diligent lad. Yep, I would agree. Yeah. Go figure, Spangler spangling on all of us and actually uh, getting some studying done. So, anyway, well, why don't we start out how we always do? Buzzy, what's in the glass? What's on the all wrist? All right. Okay, let's start with the wrist. Uh, the Tudor Black Bay 58. Yeah. Um, it somehow has found wrist time today, uh, even though my uh, Breitling... Uh, Colt Chrono Super Quartz has, has been getting a lot of wear since I picked it picked it up from Richter and Phillips this weekend. Um, I just I, I felt felt jubilant going into the day, which really um, that feeling wasn't worn out by the events of the day. But uh, it's okay. At least my bracelet is jubilant because it's the Forstner Jubilee. There you yeah. go. So what am I drinking? Uh, this may be a new one to the pod. I don't remember, uh, but I'm 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 assuming it is. I ha- am uh, tipping a Narragansett Lager tonight. I feel like we've talked about somebody's had this. It's the official beer of the clam, sold on merit. Hi neighbor. Yeah, it's like an East Coast PBR that isn't sudsy right uh like like a, a beer that didn't win um the the blue ribbon you know some year that probably like the kaiser took all the other beers right and that won by default if you can't tell pbr is not my favorite uh yeah i, I recommend there in Ganset. it's uh, uh cheapish pleasantish uh, and it, it it's got that uh I, w- I was at the shore vibe to it which is uh where I, um, you know, started drinking at you know shore and uh, trips like to Boston. Had some customers back there in a previous uh, professional life. Um, that being said, it is not my wintertime replacement for Natter Days. I am still on the hunt, uh, and, but for now, that honor is given to bush light apple i i had one recently i realized that i, oh, I buried the lead totally uh, and and didn't share this with with you all um my brother god bless him had some bush light apple on his fridge when when we went over to his place for thanksgiving uh it is it is the ethos of natter days pure and simple from like the overbearing flavor layered on top of a beer <laughs> to hold the, on the, hold the on I, I, i've had way more overbearing flavors layered onto a beer than a I, I would ask yeah and to be honest uh, i find the natter day a hell of a lot more smooth than 50 west's lemonade shandy that is Two. It's because it's not a shandy. It's just lemonade. Mm, I thought that was a lemonade. Beer. The one that I get is just it's a hard lemonade. It says it says it's a lemonade. It's uh, you got to drink it like it's a hard lemonade. Uh, I'll, I'll, and throw some. I'll, you got to throw some bourbon in. I'll, yeah, I, I could see that being the only way to to cure uh, what what that fifty west lemonade drink gives you. Um, not smooth at all. Yeah, Natter Day far better in that regard. Um, but yeah, I, I, I found that I, I was very pleased with it. Um, just 
you know, solid philosophically. The the results obviously are good. I, I have to say I don't have any detailed testing notes because number one, I'm a, a moron when it comes to uh, experiencing flavors and then applying words to them. Um, I'm lucky enough that my brain works in the reverse mode of like, I can see that something is like called like an ale or a steak and think, Oh yes, this will taste good to me. I I can't do the reverse thing. It's not, it's not what I do, but yeah. Um, I also don't have any detailed tasting notes because I had, uh, um, consumed a great lakes Christmas, uh, ale, before that, you know, so the bushlight apple was kind of a, a fun little intermission uh, between some Christmas sales. So, yeah, um, that being said, it's a, it's a sweet, sweet beer, um, both the descriptor and, you know, the taste profile. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a cheap beer. <laughs> it's, it's a cheap flavored beer. Take it for what it is, and uh, I I think it's great. (laughs) So it's funny that you mentioned you're still on your search. Probably a little bit pricier than what you would hope for in the spirit of a natter day. But I did request that Rachel go out and get me some Yingling Black and Tans. Because those are so good. They're, They're maybe a little darker because it's a porter mixed with Yingling, but... Like to me, that is very much like my winter beer vibe right now. Cause like I, I do enjoy a lot of the winter warmers, the dark beers, some of that stuff, but like I can have one, maybe two of them and black and tans are light enough that you can drink. Not like a lot of them, but like I can have a couple of those and enjoy it. Whereas like if I have a couple of, I I don't know, if I have two Christmas sales, I'm like, I'm full. (laughs) I don't need food now. So, um, Come out, ye black and tans. Uh, great, great jam. Total jam. I, I, I uh, eminently dislike the historical black and tans, but a black and tan style beer is uh, delightfully drinkable. Um, yeah, so Yingling, their core offering is... It had more mystique when you couldn't get it. So I, I grew up on a border yes. town with Pennsylvania, and... So you, I, I, yeah, I, I was doing, uh, you know, East, well, on this point I was westbound and downloaded up in truck and going back to Notre Dame with as many, as many cases that I could uh, sneak on, um, uh, of Yang's. Um, yeah. Uh, PA has garbage liquor laws, by the way, uh, because they only recently, like I was a, almost graduated from college by the time that you could actually buy beer in a supermarket and it had to be like a very small quantity. So I had to go over to like the VFW, like a couple of towns over uh, from the border uh, to, to, to buy beers from, from the guys, um, which was always fun. But um, yeah, it was better when there was a little bit more mystique. They're black and tan rules. They have a was it like a Lord Chesterfield's ale or something that's actually. Uh, I've not had that one yet. Uh, yeah, let me. Yeah, the Lord Chesterfield ale. Um, I couldn't tell you what the hell it tastes like because as I've I covered previously, right? My my brain doesn't work mm-hmm. that way. Um, but man, it, I, I dig it, uh, an awful lot. So yeah, I would definitely recommend those. Um, the, those are far more, far more interesting than, than their core, uh, offering. Oh, for sure. Well, so I'm, I'm going to go real quick on the wrist check. Uh, I, it's speedy Tuesday. I was wearing the speedy earlier, but I haven't worn the Seamaster in a long time on the podcast. I wore it a good amount outside of the podcast, but I haven't worn it on the podcast. So I felt, I felt the Seamaster 300M deserves some love. So white dial, yeah. black ceramic. I, it's funny because I am one of the people who defends the non-tapered Omega bracelet like to no end. And I have to try on one of the OGs, which makes me feel like I'll end up picking up an OG at some point because they're cool and they're inexpensive. Um, but like, there's something about this watch on an MN style strap 
especially the one that I have that's like the black or the uh, green and red from Cincy Stravco. That like as much as I am a bracelet guy, this watch on that strap is something that's like I could just like like if I put it on like I think that's the reason I haven't put it back on there is because this would be the only watch I would want to wear <laughs> if I had that on the strap because I I put the SPB one four nine on my gray version of that strap and I'm like oh this is good this is really good I want to put. I want to put my foster on one of those straps, but like, then I know that I'll never like that watch is so nice and thin. It's, it's weird. Like, I, I don't know if we talked about this when I wore it the other week, I've, I've worn that and the SPB at the same time. And like, at times they both feel bigger than the other and smaller than the other, like the lug to lug on the foster is longer. The SPB is shorter. The dial on the SPB is bigger. It's smaller. Like, it's just, it's goofy that like they're roughly the same size, but like, they can both feel bigger and smaller than the other one. Uh, just, it's a weird thing. Um, but yeah, so Seamaster is on the wrist. And then, Buzz, you have to say, uh, from a drinks perspective, you inspired me recently. Oh, yeah? Um, you did. And not in the way you would think. Um, because, and this was, an, this was an, a complete total accident. Because I told Rachel to pick up the black and tans. And she also, for some reason, uh, picked up a 24-pack a little yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> so like the one thing that I have had that I enjoyed from the Hootapole Brewing Company because I've had Hootie Amber and that is gross. Mm. <laughs> Hootie Amber, it's like why does this taste like butterscotch? That's not amber. <laughs> like it's so bad. Um, but she picked up Little Kings and it's like seven ounce bottles, five and a half ABV, cream ale. It is delicious. So <laughs> like I've had them before, but I haven't had them in a long time. They're so good. Oh yeah. Um, the, the funny thing is, is the boys are now interested. And I was like, well, these are not for you, despite. Their diminutive size. Not yet. Yeah. Now they honestly, I think that uh, seven ounce beer should be be more of a thing. Um, it, oh yeah. It appear it, it oh, gives yeah. you some perception of uh, temperance, uh, but but also uh, that that great beer taste that everyone knows and loves. Just just fewer of them. The funny thing is, you're right. But the funny thing is, is like we look at it, it's like, well, I can have two of these. Mm-hmm. Because it's like having one or the other one, but it's two ounces more than your standard twelve ounce. So like it, it, it says temperance, but in reality, you're getting those two extra ounces, <laughs> bonus ounces. <laughs> yeah, well, I so. mean that's uh, <laughs> that's a virtue to be moderate in all things, right? It uh, do- doesn't mean that you never drink the beers; you just don't drink them to excess. Because it's not, it's actually not uh, excellent or virtuous to completely uh, abstain from things that are that are pleasurable mm-hmm. or good. Uh, speaking of things that are pleasurable or good, I did actually stumble across a really good fresh mm. one find. Tell me more. Tell yeah. me more. <laughs> so this has been out there since mid-October, but I think it'll be – it might still be there. You could ask the guy. He's cut the price. This is on the Omega or Omega forms. This watch is actually an Omega, not an Omega. Oh, yeah. And Buzzy, it's in your wheelhouse, man. It's this isn't my favorite version of this watch. Okay, uh, um, just just um, before you say any more, uh, r- r- <laughs> is this the one that you r- have r- to? a little bit? I'm gonna get on Watch Recon again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so what Buzz is telling me is he also found um, the non-great white, but the 50th anniversary edition Seamaster GMT. Uh, black dial, sword hands, red GMT hand with the oversized uh, GMT bezel. I think I prefer the great white version of this watch, but like these are both really good. Um, just oversized loom plots, speed the old school speedy bracelet. Just looks like it's in pretty good shape. Um, $1,991 shipped. So like you can't, you can't really, you can't really beat that. Um, okay. Now he's in Europe, so like there's an equivalent. Sh- so like, hey, hey, go, 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 dollar. <laughs> the more that increases, the uh, the better it looks for us. Right. Um, some, but some, uh, yeah, that looks that looks pretty fantastic. Some people buy birthier watches. Well, granted, this could be a birthier watch uh, if you were born in '91, or you could buy a watch that commemorated the fall of the Soviet Union. That's pretty dope. I don't know if the watch is from 1991, though, is it? That's the price. I know. <laughs> I just wanted to sneak in the best thing that happened in the year 1991. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. 
um, which was when Spangler was minus four. Gosh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I do forget that he's the same age as my brother. It's insane. He's younger than my sister, which blows me away. Oh, goodness. All right. Sorry to snipe yours. What have you got? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's also like really funny that we had spent a ton of time in our pre-production meeting. Uh, it just like kvetching over like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe this one's okay. Eh, no, it kind of sucks. Um, well, so here's the thing. I don't disagree with you because we ended up settling on the same one unknowingly. Like we were so disappointed in things. And it's like, oh, this is actually really good. And it was, it you know, there was a Tudor jumbo date eight turnograph that is a absolutely killer watch i don't know like i i, I don't re- remember whether or not the price that i saw on that one like i don't think it's a great price i don't think it's a terrible price because it was on a bracelet and those on a bracelet are almost impossible to find but i don't know that the price that was listed was like a like a find it was like if that was a watch and you wanted that watch and that watch was available and you were okay with that price, it, it would work. I just – I don't know the market value on those um, just because they so so infrequently pop up. Well, okay. So here's an interesting one if you just want to just flex so, so hard. F L E C K S flex. You want flex of watch of, of dust on your dial? No, that type no, of not the not those kind of flex. By the way, um, one of my friends uh, that's that's big into lifting. We're we're discussing uh, various programs for that, and he he was extolling like how how great it was. Like even if you're not trying to get completely huge, you know the benefits. He goes, I had an X ray once, and, and I was complimented by by the doctor on my great bone density. Uh, which I'm I'm pretty sure is from lifting. And I'm like, okay, weird compliment, but thank you. Uh, and, <laughs> and I just replied like, yeah, that that is like a weird flex that you get like from flexing your muscles a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, but if you don't want to, you know, be working with barbells and dumbbells and all that that fun stuff, you could just buy this Breitling. <laughs> <laughs> Avenger Seawolf for fifteen seventy five off a of watch you seek. Uh, it is uh, cer- certainly in worn condition. Uh, the pictures honestly kind of suck uh, because it's just of like the watch head, um, and it, it's not a safe queen by any stretch. Like you can definitely see some scratches on the like two half links of the bracelet that you can see i would want more pictures of this but uh, you know it's an automatic it's ginormous it's got the uh cool uh numerals at like one two four five etc in kind of like stencil uh design large Uh, it's got the rider tab it's just like big and brash um the uh the paint at the, the on the rider tabs is worn away um but like i said it, it this might float someone's boat someone might have thought like you know what i just need some giant freaking watch and i need it to cost less than like the high end micro brands um, and I don't know, man. I feel like big watchers are going to have a moment here in another year. Oh yeah, everything's everything's cyclic. I mean, yeah the 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 concept of uh, time being linear is really a, a modern invention. The ancients understood time to be to be cyclic, like this. Season. I mean, and let's be real. He's not here, but we're calling it now. Spangler added his contribution to trends. Big watches and berets. Oh, yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> exactly. Everyone's going to be walking around. Berets. Um, 46 millimeter Breitlings. Yeah. Yeah. Going to be beret and Breitling pilled 2023. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Well, you know, sp- yeah. yeah. Speaking of our friend who's not here. <laughs> 
Um, I'm hope I'm, I'm hopeful that he has you know figured out how to charge his lawnmower 4.0 because um, we're still sponsored by our friends at Manscaped, and I can't think of a better gift to give yourself, and in a weird way to give to somebody else potentially, yes. uh, than than one of the uh, one of the care packages um, that would include the lawnmower, the weed whacker, boxer briefs, some things to keep things fresh, you know. That that sort of stuff. Yes, you gotta love Manscaped. Um, you you would have thought you would have thought that that somebody uh, earlier on, just you know, when when the idea of a personal grooming tool came up, you would have thought someone would have had the foresight to to say, "Well, yes, it's it's great that this person's able to to trim hairs uh, in various places." But can they? Can can that person see what the heck they're doing? Well, what they feel like that's a, a thing you'd want to be able. We to are do. shining a light on the situation uh, with, <laughs> with blinding LED fury. It's not that blinding. It's the right amount of light. It's not too harsh. Yeah, a big lawnmower fan. Um, it is it is the right tool for for the right job? Um, you know. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, the um, the nose hair trimmer is pretty pretty great. I use mine mostly as an ear hair trimmer. Uh, oh, hey, look at that! Look at how you don't. I'm showing Buzzy. I'm showing Buzzy the line of demarcation between my mustache and my nostrils, and it exists because of the weed. I'm wet. so glad you finished that sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That it doesn't like yes. cut out in the recording. Yeah, I'm showing Buzzy the line of DMARC. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. yeah, that that's the sort of thing that you can only do with uh, with a, with a trimmer. You, you can't uh, can't really do it any any way else. And the fact that it's a dedicated nose and ear hair trimmer is important because I've had the attachments that go on other types of razors, and they're awkwardly positioned. They're too large. They don't like the fa- like it, it just fits so well in the hand as well. Like it's it's not a big appliance. It it it's small. It's designed for a purpose, and it is purpose built, and it very ergonomic. Yeah, yeah. They 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 did a great job. Honestly, uh, could be a success story for like how to do industrial design and human factors well because it's obvious that they they had a deep understanding of their customers' needs. Translated it over into some requirements. Did uh, the little detailed design work? Anyway, too 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 close to uh, to the day job. Uh, if, if this <laughs> piques your interest, you know what you could do. You can mosey on over to Manscaped and, and use our promo code. No, we sent. You. Yeah, that's right. Buzzcut twenty percent off and free shipping. That's right. Uh, get a package to help trim your package under the tree. That's right. There you go. Everyone will be more jolly. Exactly. Buzzcut, 20% off free shipping. Let them know we tried you. All right. Well, the main topic here tonight is an interesting one. And it, I kind of feel bad that Spangler's not here to talk about this. Yes. But um, I feel like maybe among our 17 listeners, this will um, spur some conversation. And we'll put it out there and we'll see what the boys at Risk Cheese and at um, Spirit of Time think of this. Because I think this is one that would be interesting if, if, if they covered it as well. But, you know, we all like to, and I guess in some ways we're kind of guilty of this as well to a degree. Because, you know, I, I wouldn't call us watch journalists or watch media. But, like, we are a podcast, which is a form of media that talks about watches. So, you know, maybe ourselves, we should include ourselves in this. But we complain about the path that certain outlets have taken or, you know, the, the content that we see on the various websites, Hodinkee, a blog to watch for all of these places. Like it's, it's, you see good content and then you see other content that seems forced. And this is like, I feel like all outlets can in some ways be guilty of this, but I think as consumers, we have to kind of evaluate what is it exactly that we're looking for? Like, what do you want from watch media? It's an interesting question. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Okay. So, yeah, and I, I think that kind of uh, under the surface of this question uh, is that we're we're guilty. English used to be a very precise language, and it's something that, that we've uh, gotten away from, right? Awesome didn't just mean something really cool. Right, it, it meant ah, as as though you were in the presence of God. Um, right, we just uh, use it to describe any mildly neat thing. Um, media is a word that definitely uh, is is all muddled up. Right, or what media or what journalism is, and and some of that I think is due to, um, you know, if the people that that have been doing that aren't doing a great job, right? It, it necessarily, uh, it necessitates the uh, changes in that field, right? Um, the, you know, all of the um, individuals, you know, that do like independent journalism and stuff like that wouldn't, that, you know, that wouldn't be necessary if the, the outlets were doing that good of a job of it. Um, so, you it's like with with watches yeah i'm not sure how much that that holds with watches because it's such a a niche field um and also the fact that that we have different um you know different technologies to get ideas out there right we're we're not beholden to the printing press um you know we've got digital technology where we can instantaneously um you know put put stuff out there like this podcast so it, it just it, it opens up um, changes, right? Different uh, different stuff. I mean, if things were all newspaper driven, still, I, I doubt that you would get hardly any watch coverage. Right? Uh, it, it would be you might you might run into some other guys or girls that that like watches, and you might call each other on the telephone or, or meet up every now and then. But uh, it, it feels like watch journalism is inherently um, something enabled by digital technology. Well, and I, I think you have to kind of, you kind of have to go and look at different, and this kind of just came to me. I think there's journalism, which is new releases, information on said new releases. And, you know, we all kind of joked about the new Hodinkee videos with, you know, the Speedmaster. This is a chronograph. These are the pushers. Like, that's fine. But to a, to a, to a normie or a, a person who's not into watches like us, th- that is useful information because let's be oh, real. Yeah. We've all talked about things like, you know, what different words mean if you're not in, if you're not used to coaxial, chronometer, you know, manual wind, automatic, you know, quartz, all of those types of things. There's information to be had out there, so that's that's kind of the journalism behind it. Talking about the specs, talking about the news of the release of these new watches, because some of the information that you would want, especially as you're trying to figure out whether or not you like the watch, and as we've gotten into a little bit more advanced math, as it were, on watches, different measurements that tell you whether or not it might fit your wrist based on what you know fits your wrist. Things like the space between the lugs, the lug to lug like length, certain types of things that aren't necessarily readily available on the watch brand's website. Like you could go to Omega and pull up the Speedmaster and I, I I feel like you wouldn't be able to find the lug to lug there. Yeah. I mean, you can on Hodinkee. And it is funny too. Um, so it, that, that's an interesting thing. Cause, cause I, I think you were long-term or, or, you know, the natural conclusion of, of where this is going is, uh, the difference between journalism and editorial, right, and uh, opinion stuff. Well, yeah, we're getting there, yeah, because because be, yeah. before, you know, I'll, I'll I'll reel that back in. Um, yeah, it is interesting how many times a a, a watch seller's website uh, is lacking in a, a thickness measurement, a lug to lug, or even. Just a picture of the clasp. I don't know how many times yeah. I've I've looked at you know, pulled up a manufacturer website and not been able to see what the heck the clasp looks like. Um, it, it ought not be that hard. And what's interesting is 
um, I guess certain brands that are widely distributed in ADs or boutiques, to some extent, their website is not a sales channel. Uh, and and I can see them having an old school mindset of like, well, f those uh, uh, scrollers because you know that's that's not how we're we're going to actually make the sale. I think that that's. I wrong. mean, we talked about we've talked about. I don't disagree with you, um, and I think the interesting thing is, is I can remember on an early episode of Hooding Key Radio, somebody maybe joked that the Swiss are still not sure about this whole internet yeah. thing. <laughs> That it's going to take off. <laughs> They're still not convinced. But I mean, I, I've seen def- deficiencies in that, even with even with micros, you know, micro brands, you know, guys that you think would be very online and very very hip to that as a sales channel. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think there's there's the there's the kind of the more the true journalism fact based information. Um, now, I think what has kind of blended a bit is that it'd be very boring to just write about the facts right. without some sort of a take on the design, some of the history, something like that. And now the history does continue to lend more into facts, journalism, you know, historical um, context as to why this watch potentially looks like this, what achievements were made with the original model, you know where this watch has been, why this has got a place in history or whatever. Um, but I think, like you said, the blending of editorial and, and kind of the, the fact-based content, it's not only it's, it's what is this watch? Why is this watch? And should you like yes. it? And I think the, the overwhelming, you know, obviously if watches remain popular, watch journalism, watch media, watch content. And we'll get to why I selected those three words <laughs> there, um, remains popular. And, you know, I, I, I kind of look at it in an interesting way. Like, you know, I've, I've written several articles for, for now and a few for gear patrol. Um, the, 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 the buying guys that I've written for gear patrol are a little bit more of a challenge because you're trying to go back and you're researching why certain models exist, why the brand exists, why it's important, why you should be interested in it. So one of the, the first one I wrote was for Zodiac. And honestly, I, I knew what Zodiac was. I knew some of the history. I didn't know near the extent of after researching for that article and the different lines. Um, and I came to have a much greater appreciation for what that brand is and how it's gotten to where, like how it has evolved and, and, and why it exists as it does today within the fossil group. And obviously talking with Mike a few weeks ago, that, that kind of took it to another level. I'm, I'm really um, disappointed, by the way, that I, I wasn't able to, to drop in a, uh, a non sequitur about how I've ridden in the Zodiac style boat before. Um, oh, how'd you not get that? I don't know. It is the, that's it is there. a freaking blast, <laughs> a, a, a rigid hull inflatable. Um, put, put a big, big outboard on it, small boat, lots of fun. Plus, you, you feel like an, an operator. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just inherent to, to that sort of boat. Anyway, continue. Oh, totally. Um, so there, there's that. And I will say in all the art, in all the pieces that I've written for, for Tello, you know, some of them have been opinion pieces, like more ideas that I've come up with and said, hey, this is what I want to write about. This is the story I want to tell. Um, and I've got another one of those that I'll be kind of coming up with here shortly. But the other ones some of the new release materials, it's like, no, it's, it's a combination of here's the press material. Here's the information that obviously you need in there. Like you're going to need to the the diameter, the movement, the specs, all that, because that's what consumers want when they're reading about a new watch. But what is your opinion? Do you like the design? Like there's never been a, Hey, you need to say this. It's a write What you think about this thing? Like, so I, I can respect that. Obviously you don't want to, like you don't want to necessarily crap on stuff mm-hmm. that you don't like. Cause I'll be honest with you. The one Seiko that I wrote up the cocktail time wasn't my bag by any means. It wasn't my bag, baby. Um, <laughs> but I can see why that watch exists. So like, like I can see the market that they're going for, uh, that Seiko is going for with kind of the, the open worked dial that they did on those. Um, so like you can, you can write those up and, and talk about kind of, 
the shortcomings or what you enjoy about the design or things that maybe you wish they had done better in a way that doesn't necessarily paint that watch in a bad light. But, you know, I, I think you need to blend some of the editorial with the facts because like, there's really no position. It's like either you liked as a consumer, you're going to like the watch. You're going to agree with the person who li- maybe likes the watch or likes to point out some of the, the nice features of it. Or you're going to be like, I don't, this is not for me, but it's in, like, then don't click on the damn article. Yeah. Like if, if, if you don't like that Seiko Presage cocktail time with an open work dial, you're probably not even going to read yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it, you're, you're right. There's a <laughs> tremendous amount of self-selection because like at the end of the day, um, yeah, you're, you're not going to put energy into reading some, some article or something that like you, you, you think is just bogus. Um, mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, too, like when when you're in um, research and acquisition mode, um, I think most people uh, are wanting to just see their their um, opinions confirmed, right? I mean, I think that's just yes. a natural uh, human tendency uh, of kind of uh, you know where we're at. Like if you are. You know, if you're you're wanting to buy like a constellation, for example, you, you're gonna be searching out articles. They're like, oh, you know what? What a what a cool kind of flies under the radar watch, and you know it's uh, you know super popular. I've read that Asia. one article about the constellation too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> that one, it exists. <laughs> so, like. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that's a very human impulse to want to have uh, that, that confirmation. So, um, yeah, it, it definitely happens a lot, right, with, with watch journalism. I mean, I think the thing, too, that – and we'll, we'll get to – I will say, like, when you talk about media, I do think, like, when you – video content – audio content. So I, I would say, you know, what we're doing might be classified as media. Yeah. Just because there's a production value. It's very, very, very low. But there is a production value. There's there's the 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 act you know, you, you have to produce this to make this work. So I would say that is media. The video is media and that goes on, you know, YouTube, other things like that. So in a way that's media. But then we'll get to that the last word in a bit. But I, I think the thing that I really kind of value, and some sites do this better than others, is calling out when it's a sponsored post yes. very obviously. You know, whether the topic is, you know, because at the end of the day, in order for all of these platforms to exist, there has to be some sort of revenue generation. Um, it, it has to, or the cost of doing it has to be so minimal that it doesn't matter. Like, let's be real, the first... I don't know how many, like, year and a half, two years of this podcast, we didn't have a sponsor. We we weren't, and, and in fairness, it is, you will be surprised at how cheap it is to do a podcast. We've spent a little bit on this to make it a little bit easier to get the content out, <laughs> but we could do this pretty easily for free if we wanted to. So, yeah. like, the, the the barrier to entry in podcasting is very low. So for us to say that, you know, we don't need sponsors to continue to do this is because the cost of doing this is so minimal. Um, now, when you're trying to so, so essentially press trips, huh, yeah. what, what we're pointing out there is that uh, our, uh, our virtue of not uh, having a sponsor for the longest time was uh, fairly yes. cheap virtue. Yeah. Yo, completely. But I mean, we do this because we enjoy it. We've always said it. Like we, and and it goes to, are are we largely positive people when we're talking about things? Yes, but it's because we've pursued guests and content and and people that we've wanted to talk to. So why would we want to bring somebody on and forge that relationship with a brand, a person, a collector, and you know, not be cordial, not be excited to have them on? I think. I think, you know, everyone's like, oh, overwhelmingly watch content is positive. It's like, well, part of it is a revenue stream and gaining access to certain things. So, like, I get that brands are largely or websites are largely going to post what they're interested in. Now, I have seen I have seen some pretty I can't remember what watch. Oh, it was an Alsta and Rob Nuds at Fratello uh, just like this, like not a fan. 
just absolutely think they missed the mark. Like the entire article, every paragraph was like where they missed it. And he's like, fix it and send me another one and get a different, like do it, do better on the design. I'll talk to you about this again. But like this, this is just completely missing the mark for me. Um, which I find, you know, interesting because you don't see that content often. Now that is somebody saying, Hey, this is a watch, write it up. And it's like, I really don't like this watch. Like I don't have anything good to say. And that, that is exceedingly rare. Whereas for us, we had Mike Pearson on from Zodiac because we wanted to talk about Zodiac because we were interested. We like it. Like, so it's, it's a different vibe when we're like, we're curating the content that we want to put out there. And again, that's another time I've used that word content. We'll come back to that. We wanted to talk about Zodiac because we were interested. We like what they're doing. We want to hear more. We want to see stuff from them. We want to have that conversation about where they're going. So yes, it's going to be a positive conversation because it's something that we want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, this this selection bias is upstream by the time any anyone gets on the air with us. Yeah. Cause it's a hobby yeah. for us. We we want to talk about what we enjoy. Like, why would I want to come? It's like, man, I really don't want to talk about this, but I'm gonna go record for yeah, now. I'm, right I'm now. not here <laughs> to like get like a can of wine and get get someone in here to like do an intervention so I can just zing them. You know, uh, always sunny in Philadelphia style. That's why you need the canned wine so it stays in place when you're singing them. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not fun. Uh, and we're not the first people to point this out. I think that uh, the cats uh, pointed that out on uh, 10 and 2 uh, all, all mm-hmm. these years ago. Um, yeah, we're, we're enthusiasts, not experts. Sometimes we're, we're enjoyers, not even enthusiasts, right? This is true. But um yeah. Yeah, it it I think uh it's hard to and you're right, some places are, are better than others about just being super clear, right? Is this is this sponsored versus is, is this just um you know us saying like, hey, this is something that we're not making any money on, but you know, we, we like it area as we like it. <laughs> there's different sides of of that. Like some websites also sell watches and produce content about the watches. And I don't want to say that that's necessarily disingenuous because there are aspects of it that might be. But like, I, I mean, Hodinkee is a, is, has been an authorized Omega dealer for a long time. And, you know, when a new watch comes out, like, and James Stacy writes up the Seamaster 300, like, hey, this is a cool watch. This is why I like it. It's like, yeah, you can buy it at Hodinkee, but that doesn't necessarily mean that what he wrote is inaccurate. Because I like the Seamaster 300, and it's a cool watch. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I don't see – just because you can buy a watch from a, a – like, there is a little bit of a – well, you're kind of having it both ways because it's technically not sponsored content, but you sell their watches. Like, I, I, I get that there's a bit of a gray area there, but that doesn't mean that the things are mutually exclusive. I think the weird thing is, is there is this weird overlap that Omega does some cool stuff. Hodinkee's going to write about it either way. You just can also, they've gone the, the easiest way for us to make money is to also sell watches, not just ads, not just, you know what I mean? There's, you have to have the revenue stream somehow to continue to support the content. And let's be very clear about this. And we've talked about this multiple times. The production quality or the production value of the content that they produce is exceedingly high versus what we do. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so you need to be able to support that. You need to be able to hire talented people to produce said content, um, not just me going into Audio Tonic and literally stitching two digital files together. (laughs) Oh, don't. uh... I don't even adjust the levels, man. I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know what the levels are. <laughs> There's probably levels somewhere. I've heard somebody say that at some but point. But they do, and they're the ones that's, that are <laughs> yeah. adjusting them. Yeah. No. It's just like writing no. it off, right? Yes. Just, just, just write, write it, off. it off. Just crunch those numbers again. I don't know what that means. Crunch. Well, they do, and they're the ones <laughs> that are writing it off. <laughs> so the last word I'm going to come to, because we've talked about like true journalism, new releases, specs, information, editorial, editorial and journalism can kind of be combined because it'd be very boring if there wasn't a elements we like, elements we don't like part to the article, right? Like, hey, cool. This is a watch. It tells the time. It has these features and it wears like, it's kind of a boring read. I know we're all nerds here, but like, 
it's a boring read. We want a little bit of opinion. Yeah, you, you, at times you, some opinion, some some storytelling, right? Narrative. Narrative yes. compels beliefs and actions to a point that most people would not want to admit. I mean, I, I think that um, most people, even those that are skilled practitioners at it, uh, would be somewhat embarrassed to to admit how uh, well narrative shapes beliefs. I mean, it, narrative is our word for rhetoric because, you know, God, God forbid you can't use rhetoric anymore. You can't uh, say that it's rhetoric. I mean, it, it sure was important for like Abraham Lincoln uh, to, to use his rhetorical skills to, to get everyone uh, on board with saving our country. But, um, but yeah, we, we do this not by narrative. Um, at the end of the day, it, it makes for a more fun story. Like I, I want, I want something, something romantic. Uh, you know, even if going to like an ice race somewhere in Europe is not is like only remotely related to the watch. Like it's a fun story. It's something that I haven't done. Like that's cool. Exactly, and you get to read. Like then you're like, oh, let me read about this ice race now. I have another thing to go research and be interested in. Um, cause there is crossover. And I think that, that is, that is part of the narrative is the crossover between this hobby and other things that we are potentially interested in. Then we talked about media. So the video, the audio content, things where, and let's be, let's also be clear the video content. And I will say some, like the video, the media, and at some, some point we'll talk about content being important here. Um, it, it puts those things in perspective because let's, the renders you see on on um, manufacturer websites, they're nice, but like they don't really give you the idea of what that watch looks like in person. And I will say that is one of the probably the, the biggest benefits of having this podcast is that we've gotten to see a lot of cool stuff in person that we probably otherwise would not have been able to see or be able to see as easily. Like sometimes we just say, hey, can we see this? And it shows up at our houses. Like it does not get any easier than that. <laughs> like they literally, sh- and, 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 you know, in a worst case scenario, we have to find a way to let Spangler see it in Louisiana. And like, I have to drive to Buzz's house or Buzz has to drive to my house. It's, it's so inconvenient. <laughs> like, gee, come on, Michael. How long could that take? 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, <laughs> not even 30, unless there's really bad traffic or an accident on 71. Um, <laughs> like, which does happen. It does. It does does happen. Um, Or you just choose the wrong time of day to make said journey. (laughs) Um, But so seeing those things in person, seeing it on somebody else's wrist in a picture, in a video with a, you know, that does help. So that media is important. The thing where I do think there is an importance to it, but I think this is kind of where the social media aspect of it has kind of, allowed some of this to jump the shark is what we will call content. So like Instagram is full of like, there's a lot of really talented photographers out there. Some of, some of which work with brands for brands for these media outlets, you know, Zach Pena is a great example. Um, somebody I've met, um, does a lot of work with a blog to watch, does a lot of work with brands as well. Um, uh, Ty Alexander does a lot of work with brands, very talented. Kid Wizzle does some work with, you know, some, some, some other brand, but like he, like he just takes good pictures and like Warren and Wound is posting the picture that he took of their Timex when he bought it. Like it's, it's a watch that he bought and took a killer picture. And like Warren was like, we're going to repost the shit out of this. <laughs> <laughs> like t- talent recognized. Talent. Yeah. <laughs> um, recognized so talent. like that is exactly, that is important. Like, but not like, do we need all the content we have? And I think the interesting thing is our buddy Bro, the meme content, I think does a good job of keeping a lot of us in check. Oh yeah. Or at least attempts to. I don't I think I think some people miss on on getting his jokes or they're not quite in on it yet, or they take offense to stuff, which is kind of hilarious, because again, we're all nerds collecting watches that we don't need. Let's just be very clear about this. We don't need watches anymore. We don't. Or we don't need the watches that we buy. We don't need the mechanical watch. Like you could, you, we've t- we don't need to go down that rabbit hole, but like 
these are superfluous. These are things we enjoy, things we like. So having that content, I think, is valuable to remind us of where we're at. You know, having various, if you want to call what we do content instead of media, I would also say that I'm straddling the border of is this media, is this content? Because you don't need to listen to us. You don't really need to care what two dudes in Ohio and somebody in Louisiana think about watches. Uh, We try to be as entertaining as possible as we can be for 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night. But, you know, like it, we do this because we enjoy it. We enjoy that you all listen to us. But at the end of the day, these are just our opinions. And I think it kind of goes back to what we've talked about previously is, like Buzzy said, you're looking for opinions that validate your own views on things. This is part of human nature. It's part of the tribalism that we're starting to see um, permeate all types of life right now. But it's like, hey, I like the constellation. Who else likes the constellation? Where can I read about somebody liking the constellation? And Buzzy, half the time you and I are SOL there, but <laughs> we've persevered and we still we still like that watch. Right. And I think the thing there is a lot of people they're looking for that ballot. Like you're spending a lot of money on these things. You want you don't want somebody to, to somebody in the like. There's the the crowd that's in the know and the crowd that buys watch. Like it, once you discover that there's an in the know crowd. Well, you want to make sure that you're buying something that the experts or the in the know crowd would approve of. You don't want to buy the wrong Porsche, do you? Perish the thought. Exactly. Like, so I, I think once you accidentally stumble into this world, like I did in 2017, like I did far earlier and should have. Bought all the three. Stumbled, but thought should have yeah, bought all the three thousand dollar Explorer ones that were still there. <clears throat> like when you stumble into this, like, oh, there's more. all this information. There's journalism, media, content. There's editorial. There's all, like all these opinion. Like, why are these things important? What what makes this desirable versus not desirable? Like once you once you open the box, you can't put it all back in. And I think. That's the same with a lot of things. Like once you stumble into an area that you're interested in and you learn about it, you can't unlearn that, which is unfortunate. So then you end up with, you know, your Instagram feed literally only being watches. Like I, I, it just, it, it's a slippery slope, but I guess my question there kind of becomes, now that we're in it, now that we have this available, like what we're going to close. And I'm sure this will be the briefest part of the conversation. We've identified the different types. There's journalism, there's editorial, there's media, there's content. However you want to classify whatever you're looking at, there's elements of probably all of those things in whatever you look at on the, on a daily basis. You probably consume at least three of those four things daily. If you're, li- if you're listening to this podcast, my guess is you open a watch website daily. You probably read at least one article daily that article has some element of journalism and editorial in it and at least once a week you consume either if you consider this media or content whatever you want to call it but my guess is if you're listening to us you're probably listening to something that might be considered media or watching a youtube video here and there so given that we have our complaints about all of these things what is it that we would like what like what is the content? What is the journalism? What is it that you would rather, con- what would you like to consume and what changes would you make? And I really think for me, it kind of boils down to the one thing. It's, I'd like there to be a little bit less gray area around, am I writing this because I like I, I like the watch? Am I writing this because my sister shop over here can sell you this thing? Like, what's what's the onus behind it? Like I said, I... I, I you know, I'm I'm a big fan of the folks at Fratello. You know, I write articles for them. I do get paid to do that. Um, at you know, but I, I write the articles because I enjoy it. I write the articles because it's fun to see new things. I write the articles because I'm a watch nerd. I don't do it as a job. I know some people do this as a job, but I've never once been told, "Hey, you can't write this about something." which is very freeing as somebody who enjoys this and enjoys expressing an opinion about something. Like I've never been told, Hey, you got to tone this back. No, I've never really written anything. that has been like a scathing hit piece, right. but 
Yeah. I've been told multiple times, write your opinion. We want to know what you think. Like you're, you're, you're a, you're, you're, you want to write about these things. Tell us what you think. That's freeing. (laughs) Yes, for sure. And, And like the, the fact that this is not your only employment, um, it's funny because you ostensibly are, are free from kind of ulterior motives uh, when you're writing and this isn't your your sole means of employment, right? But also your, your ability to uh, turn a phrase isn't going to be as good as someone that, that does it professionally because I mean, that's, that's their uh, – their art. And, uh, when you do something professionally for a job, you just get more, more cracks at it, uh, more chances to get better, hopefully, uh, better mentoring and guide guidance than, uh, what you would have as a, um, you know, kind of a freelancer. So it's funny that, that your, uh, utopian vision of having better kind of better, um, demarcation, uh, it, it's almost like the only way, the only way to truly get yourself free of uh, of any ulterior motives, right? It is a bunch of highly, highly skilled freelancers, which would be really difficult to do. But that would be a way to do it. I, I think that no matter what sort of quote unquote editorial. Uh, policies uh, places have if you are in the business of, of selling watches if you have a a uh, uh, a watch selling team and, and you you also produce content um, you will never be free of the appearance of conflict of interest regardless of what your policies are regardless i'm not i'm not saying that there's any wrongdoing there right everyone can be as pure as the driven snow but um the most cynic amongst us will will never be able to to say oh yeah cool I, i i totally believe this policy um well and at the at the end of the day too like you don't have to buy the watch from them true and you don't have to buy the watch period like, they're, they're, like it is a consumer choice. Now, the, the other thing that I will say about this, though, is the construct of having websites solely dedicated to watch media and journalism and editorial means that if they want to make it on ad revenue alone, the most likely people to advertise on a website that is solely focused on watches and horology are probably the brands whose watches are being written about. Yeah. Either way, like, like you're going to ha- like that's going to be the thing, and the only other way to get around that is a paywall. And we all know how we all feel about paywalls. Yeah, no, you, so you're like, right. That's that's probably that's that's actually the um, the Substack model, right? It is. Or if you think about it, it's the, it's the old newspaper model with a subscription. But then, like, when that content moved digital, it's, okay, now it's a paywall to get access to the journal, the New York Times, whatever your rag of choice mm-hmm. is, um, South Bend Tribune, whatever Hell you're yeah. reading. South Bend um, you know, um, you need access to it because it's not a, f- a physical thing. So if Wall Street Journal bought Hodinkee and made it a dedicated, like, single page in the paper or whatever, or like a, a weekly, essentially take like what they put in Hodinkee magazine and take one of those articles and put it in daily in their luxury section whenever they do that, like on the weekend edition or the Sunday edition, then they're supported by other ad revenue and there might be some cross-pollination between autos, cars, skiing, other things, depending on the article or what the journal has figured out works. But then again, that means now if I want Hodinkee content or a blog to watch content or a Whiskey and Watches content, I have to subscribe to XYZ newspaper or XYZ other website. And again, it's a subscription model. So at least you're like, well, at least they're not selling watches anymore. It's like, well, yeah, but now I got to pay to see it. Yeah. So what, what, what would you rather have? 
I don't I don't know that there's a good answer. Well, yeah, and I mean, if you're if you're not paying for it, you're the product, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually think a paywall solves a heck of a lot. Now, this this doesn't it it doesn't solve it doesn't solve the one the one problem though is. Um, you know, you may, even if you're being paid directly from subscribers, um, you know, that you, if this is your job, you know, you, you might want to be like very, um, Pollyanna ish, um, you know, just, just for, for gigs, right. Just for giggles. Um, but it, it does re- remove a lot uh, of kind of uh, per- perception of conflict of interest. It's probably, honestly, as good as you could get, because the yeah. only other the only other thing that I can think of is some sort of like dour, bloodless, um, like consumer reports model where you have some some entity that like buys all of the watches they review for retail and um, stuff that, you know, like that. Uh, and that, honest to God, is probably, so to, to some extent, that would be the ultimate form of um, uh, in, influence-free journalism, if you will. But, okay, think about it. New, new subs out. Are you are you going to be able to buy one of those? No, probably not. Right, like they run into access problems if you do the consumer reports model. Well, and the other thing too is the thing that you kind of forgot with consumer report is you have to pay, like there's a subscription. Well, yeah, it's yeah, mag- yeah. It was a magazine. So again, it's behind a paywall. Well, yes, but what I'm saying is it's like the ultimate evolution. Uh, of of that apply money to distance yourself from the perception um oh no completely well, and and i think you kind of go back to let's be real if if hodinky in its infancy not in its infancy but once it was a decently well-known website went behind a paywall none of us would have found it yeah oh yeah yeah it's not so like you, we have to remember that most of these websites are less than 15 years old you know, so they, they all like Worn and Wound, Hodinky, Fratello have all been around for, you know, between 10 and 15 years. Blogs to Watch, you know, all, all of that. And in order for them to get to where they're at, they needed to be accessible. And the only way to make money off of that while being accessible to everybody is to sell ads. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know how, how easy it is to kind of be a retailer. I think that's a little bit more of a challenge and a little bit more of a risk on their part. But you have to sell ads and you know if you're like i said there like very very few ads make sense on a watch website other than watch ads <laughs> let's be let's be perfectly clear about this because everyone um, that's buying personal trimmers is going to be using our co- promo code anyway buzz cut for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped that's right that's right <laughs> so like i just i go back to is there probably is it probably going to continue to evolve yes does does everybody kind of ha- like does everybody kind of have their stake in the ground with where they're they're at at this point? Yes. Will there probably be some changes in the next five years on how we view this? Also, yes. And it would not shock me at all if at some point there's Hodinky and there's Hodinky Premium. <laughs> and it'd be interesting because like there are very good writers on that staff. I mean, some of them are no longer there, unfortunately, but they are doing very interesting things like uh, the new Tudor magazine. I don't yeah. know who follows Cole. That looks like it's going to be interesting. And it's from a brand perspective. So obviously we know that there's a lot of interesting stories behind that. It'll have the backing of Tudor from a like storytelling and factual perspective. I think it'd be interesting to see where they take it. Big it's time. an interesting, interesting idea, interesting thing to go do. That'll be a different type of, I'm not going to call it media or I'm not going to call it journalism. I'm going to call it media for now because it's sponsored by a brand. So there is a journalistic and and historic aspect to it, but it's not like it's going to be focused on anything other than Tudor. So like it's not, it's branded content as it were, because it's put out by said brand. But you know what? 
Not that it's not going to be, not that it's not at all going to be worth reading. Because if you're a Tudor fan, I have a sneaking suspicion this is going to be a lot of fun. Well, and and ultimately, that's 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 the other way to um, remove any perception of impropriety. Be like, look, it's obvious that we're going, we we work for a brand because we think it kicks ass. We love what we make, and like, so obviously, you know that that's their point of view. Um, yeah, I, I actually think that it's probably a fool's errand to try to remove all biases and that the, the, the wiser way of doing it is just recognize whatever, whatever you're reading, try to ascertain what, what their, uh, what, what their motivations are and read it in that light. And, and you're probably already doing that in other areas of your life anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Like, let's be completely honest at this point. Uh, just given the amount of consumable content there is out there on any type of topic. Um, but uh, it it honestly would not shock me if at some point there is a paywall to get the, I don't want to say more desirable, but the more entertaining content that's available on all of these various outlets. Like all of the fun articles, the talking watches, all of that kind of stuff. <clears throat> if that moves behind a paywall, It'll be interesting because that is the content that I think we we all agree we enjoy the most is the storytelling. It's the narrative. It's the why does this person like this? Why do these people, especially when it is more of the collectors. Um, and if you see that happen, I mean, it is what it is, but like, then it's up to you. Do you want to pay for it? Is that is is that content so desirable that it's worth $7 a month, $5? But you have to figure out what that's worth in your view of this hobby. And Hodinkee, when you do this, I expect a royalty check <laughs> for the idea because it's genius in my head. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you do this? <laughs> Next year, Hodinkee Premium. <laughs> Brought to you by Whiskey and Watches and Manscaped. Bing. All right, well, I feel like... Uh... I don't know, I'd be, I'd be curious as to what everybody else thinks. Like, all 17 of you, let me know. Hit me up in the DMs. That's right. I'm curious. And I guess the question is, what would you pay for, not for ours, because let's be real, I would feel bad charging for it. Um, I don't know. It's already it awkward. Would, though, like, I probably would take like Venmo, Cash App, you know, whatever. <laughs> Below $600, though. That's right. right. Yeah. We don't want to raise any flags. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was the... God, do you remember the uh, Bob and Tom show, Captain Dave? You know, two day old cheese sandwich, five dollars, twenties and twenties and fifties accepted, no change. <laughs> <laughs> that we'll move to that model, um, but no, just it. It'd be interesting to see where it goes. And God, there's going to be a Hodinky premium now that I say that. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know, it'll be even funnier <laughs> if you wind up to be some sort of like horological Cassandra. Everyone will be like, there will never be Hodinky premium. And then like one year later, it, it, it comes out cursed with. Uh, we did this with the We did this with a Jubilee and Oyster bracelet for the GMT Master. Team. That's right. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Cursed, cursed to uh, give true prophecy that no one believes. Anyway, oh. let us know what you think. This has been a fun conversation. It's been a little bit different than what we normally do, and I it's it's fun to do these every once in a while. A little bit more of a deeper deeper thinking topic. So, hope everybody enjoyed that. All right, and I guess we'll hopefully we'll see everybody next week. See ya.